All right, are you guys ready for the word today? Yeah, let's turn to John chapter 14, verses 5 to 10. The Gospel of John chapter 14, verses 5 to 10. We're going to read it together one more time. Uh, I want you guys to read the odd number verses, and I'm going to read the even number verses. So back and forth. Are you guys there? All right, our church uses ESV version of the Bible, so I'm sorry if you have NIV or other versions, but we're going to read it in ESV. Is it on there? Oh, yeah. Perfect. All right. You guys start with verse 5. One, two, three, go. John said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? And we're going to stop right there. Amen. All right, we're going to kind of dissect this passage. So we're going to go to verse 6. This is a really, really famous verse, and I know all of you know this, from a song called One Way. One Way, Jesus. You guys all know this song? All right, we're going to sing the um, sing the breach of it. You know, you are the way and truth and the that part, all right? Don't make me sing alone, okay? We're gonna, I'll go, clap, everyone, clap. You are, okay, one, two, three, four. You are the way and truth and the life. Live by faith and not by sight for you. Oh, yeah. Leave it all for you. All right. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to stop right there. If you go to any Korean church gathering, they always end their chipe and their gathering with this song. Do you know that? So even when Hillsong United came this summer, uh, they all went off the stage and then the whole crowd started clapping and saying, one way, one way. And the band actually came back up and then they sang this song to finish the uh, concert. It was really good. You know, any youth group, this is like the youth group song, you know, One Way Jesus. You know, everyone knows this verse because of this one song. Thank you. But, so there's always destination at the end of the way. Do you guys know that? So this song is, the verse is saying that he's the one way and the one way to who? The, the verse says that he's the one way to the Father, right? So everyone say that he's the one way to the Father. And then Jesus says that no one comes to the Father except through me. So it means that as long as you are following Jesus Christ, the way, which is the only way, that you are eventually going to who? To the Father. And church, are you going on the right direction? Are you going to the Father? Yeah. So let me add a little bit of wisdom on this, okay? Everyone knows Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my who? The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23 and... The shepherd is who? It's Jesus, right? And then verse 3, it says this. He leads me in path of righteousness. But in Hebrew, the righteousness, the, the, the word is actually chedek. Everyone say chedek. All right. Chedek actually means righteous, or it could also mean right. This is what is right, right? So another translation will be, it's rigid, that he leads me in the right path. Not only path of righteousness, but it's also the shepherd leads us to the right path, not a wrong path. 
you know, so that you won't get lost, you know? So it's talking about the same thing. So if you put them together, John 14, 6, it's Jesus is the way to the Father. And Psalm 23, 3, it's Jesus leads us to the right path. If you do your math, if you put them together, Jesus is the right way to the Father. You come up with the conclusion. Church, are you on the right way? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move on to verse 7. Verse 7 says this. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. If you think about it, even in the natural, you look like your father. You know that? You look at your mother or your father, you know, like half, halfway, you know, you get your appearance from them. Children resemble their parents. They inherit how they look, how they talk, habits, mannerisms, especially values. You get a lot of that from your parents and so much more that a lot of times you can tell what kind of parents you have by looking at you or vice versa, right? My parents are pretty funny. They're pretty good looking, right? <laughs> you know, you can tell sometimes, okay? But the, the case of, do you guys agree? All right. The case of Jesus, the case of Jesus is a little extreme, all right? There is that oneness with the father and the son. And I'm going to prove it to you guys. John 10.30 says this. Jesus says, I and the father are one. We are one. In John 5, 19, it says this, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. So Jesus basically didn't do his own thing. He did what? He did what God was doing. He saw it and then did the same thing. Did the likewise, right? So the, and then if you know your theology, it's basic. You guys all know what Trinity is? Trinity? It's the name of my school, actually, but the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they are the three persons of Trinity. So they are the three persons of the God, and they share the same power, they share the same will, they share the same character and nature and everything else. So they are the same gods, right? So Son and the Father are what? They're one. So therefore, because they are one, am I speaking too fast? All right. Therefore, because they're one, if you know Jesus, you know who? You know the Father as well. Have you seen the Father? If you know Jesus, you've seen the Father according to the Bible. And we're going to move on. Verse 8. Verse 8. good. It says this. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. According to Pastor Christian's language, he probably will say something like, You feel him, knucklehead? <laughs> Is that familiar with you guys? You knucklehead. Jesus says that you have seen him. And Philip responds with what? Show us the Father. You know? It's kind of odd, right? And he said, you have seen him. Jesus just told him. And then he's saying, but no, show us the Father because I haven't seen him. You know? But this Philip, he reveals something very, very important at the end of this verse. He goes on to say this. Show us the Father and it is enough for us. He's saying that seeing the Father will be enough for me. It's going to be enough for us. It will satisfy us. It's going to give us answers. It's going to give us solutions. Seeing the Father will do. So show us the Father. It's going to be enough for us. He says that. And church, isn't that so true in our generation? Seeing the Father, it's going to be enough for us. 
Let me talk to you guys about this book. Uh, this book that I bought at Ichanan actually, but it's a really good book. It's called The Father You've Been Waiting For. It's written by Mark Steep Stipe. S-D-I-B-B-E, this person. So according to this book, uh, I'm going to make a quotation. Quote, it says this. It has been said that today's generation of young people, those in the age 14 to 35, are the generation of divorced parents, absent fathers, and broken homes. More than any other in history, this generation is the fatherless generation. We see evidence of the father-shaped hole that exists in so many people today. There are literally millions of teenagers and young adults who have never known the unconditional, pure, consistent, and affectionate love of a dad. Isn't that so true? How many broken homes do you know of? I think I have friends from broken homes more than the normal homes. Isn't that so true? And we need to realize that this is not only a sociological problem. This is a social problem, but that's not it. But it's a spiritual one. It's a spiritual problem. And can we be real? There is no perfect earthly father on the face of the earth. I have a pretty decent one. I love my father, but he, he's not perfect. And I know that, you know? There is no perfect earthly father. There's no such thing. But the answer to this is, therefore, it's got to be the perfect father in heaven. Everyone's got to see the perfect father and his love in order for this problem to be solved. Do you guys agree? And if only this generation, guys, this fatherless generation could see the father, it will be totally enough. It will be surely enough. It's going to be more than enough, actually. If only this orphan generation that feels rejected and useless and insecure and unwanted in their hearts, if they could only see the Father and His perfect love, it's going to be enough, you know? This generation is violent. They're confused. They're depressed. They're suicidal. And all those children, only if, if only they can see the Father who is perfect, things are going to be so much better. They're going to change. If only the people in debauchery, in eating disorder, drug addiction, and pornography, all these problems, if only they can see the Father in His perfect love, it's going to be so enough. You know? Philip draws this question and show us the Father is the ultimate cry of this generation. It is the cry of this world. Show us the Father who's going to show us the perfect love. They're all crying out. They're all crying out of crying out to see the Father. Let's move on. Verse 9. Let's see what Jesus responds to Philip. Verse 9. Jesus responds to Philip. He actually repeats himself. He says this. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Church, you've got to get this. So he's saying this, Jesus is saying this, if you want to see the Father, you need to see the Son. That's what he's saying. So the Son reveals the Father. If you want to see the Father, you got to look at who? you got to look at the Son. That's what he's saying. And Jesus' business was to reveal and to show the Father to the world. Is that right? He didn't do anything on his own. He always did things with the Father, right? So his business was reveal the Father and not really himself. So now Jesus is no more on this earth. You know, you, you can you can find him. He's 
He's sitting on the throne of God, right? On the right hand of God. And, and this mantle and this, this mission and this business of Jesus is upon who? It's upon us. Because we are the sons of God. Do you know that you are a son of God? Yeah, you need to know that if you don't know that, right? In Romans 8, 29, it says this, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So Jesus is firstborn of many brothers. It's talking about us. So basically, Jesus is who? He's our older brother. He's my opa. He's, he's your young, right? He's, Jesus is our older brother in the same household. We belong to him, right? And it says this, Galatians 2.20, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Every single newborn believer, Christ lives in you. And then you don't live anymore. Jesus lives in you. And the same mantle is upon you. Your business is to reveal the Father as the sons of God. I want everyone to turn to Romans 8, 19. Put your finger in the, on the John 14, and let's flip over to Romans 8, 19. Service team, can I get a refill? The water. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Is everyone there? We're going to read it together. One, two, three, go. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. Do you know why? Because when the sons are revealed, who is revealed? The father is revealed to the world. That's why we need to be revealed as the sons and the father is revealed. So we talk about sonship a lot at our church. How many of you heard that term before at our church? It's like... Every single week we talk about sonship, and some of the visitors, you might not have any idea, but in a nutshell, we do think that it's really, really crucial in our identity, in our walk. In a nutshell, it's like your identity, your value is not about what you can do, what you can offer, but it's on who you are, who you are in the Lord, you know, what the Bible says about you. And we have the full inheritance of everything of God's kingdom, because we are the sons. You know, and also we have authority as princes and princesses. So when we pray, we don't beg, but we declare things as a royalty, right? And a lot of these truths, but in a nutshell, that's what sonship really means, you know? But when we get established in our identity as sons of God, it not only benefits you, it's not only about your identity, but also the Father is revealed to the creation through you it's through us so sonship is crucial for you but also when you become the sons and when you actually step into that identity of being sons the creation gets to know who the father is so the sons are the answers the creation is crying out guys show us the father show us the father i went to bangladesh right you saw me preaching in bangladesh all, all I preached about was the Father's love. And then when I went to uh, KICS as a retreat speaker, all I talked about was sonship being the sons of God. And I, all I talked about was the perfect love of the Father. And that's what they needed. They had their breakthrough with those messages. The whole creation is longing for the revealing of the sons. Because when we get revealed, 
when, when, when we get revealed, the Father is revealed to them. So you know where you can find the sons of God? It's here, the church. Because sons gather at church on Sundays. Amen? <laughs> and therefore, the church is the place where the nature of God and the love of God should be revealed and it's meant to be revealed to the people and to the world. We are the manifestation of God's love and His Father's love. You should be confident saying to your non-believer friend, like, if you want to see God, like, you gotta come check out my church. You know? I'm confident to say that. Like, when, when, I know when my non-believing friends walk in, they're gonna see that something's different. You know, I'm so confident. If you want to see God, you gotta come check out my church. And we're gonna show you where the Father is, you know? And I have a lot of, um, non-believing friends back in Busan, my hometown. And my whole family is non-believers. And so they always ask me, uh, are you sure about your calling? Are you sure about your future? Me being full-time ministry, none of them likes it. So they always like tell me like, say things like, like, you know, they always say like, have you seen God with your own eyes? Like, and then my mom kind of gives me that like condescending look, like, blah, blah, blah. And they always tell me that, but I, I tell them I didn't see him. I didn't. Nope, I didn't. But he was revealed to me. He was revealed to me through the Son, Jesus Christ. The gospel was revealed to my heart, but the reality of it was revealed through you guys. You know that? It was revealed to me by the body of Christ, by the sons of God. I'm going to talk about me because it's my day, all right? So, <laughs> man. 2005. It was the year, April, April 10th. I came to church for the first time. I sat right in front of the AC over there. And um, I came as a non-believer, as someone who'd never heard of the gospel before. I didn't know who Jesus was. Uh, as a monolingual Korean speaker with a little bit of broken English. So you will tell me, nice to meet you, and I will run away. Because I didn't speak English that, back then. And um, with no interna- international background, uh, I had never been on a flight before. So, you know, you can see, I just grew up in Busan, and Busan only, right? And as a victim of Wangta, I went through a crazy Wangta when I was in middle school. It means that all my friends just rejected me all at once, and I was left alone for like about a year. And, and my heart was completely close to the people in general. I, I will not talk to you if you met me like six years ago. And... And I hated myself for, for being so ugly and fat. So I had bulimia for three years. And then actually it lasted until year 2008. So I came in as a broken girl who speaks no English. And I just sat over there. And I looked up. I started looking around, right? By the, by the way, you guys are witnessing a miracle right now. You need to recognize that. I'm the walking miracle. Oh my. I was crying my eyes out earlier during the worship because I just realized that God did an amazing miracle in me. And man, I'm not the same person, right? And when I first came, Brian Weopa was the, Brian Wee, brother Brian, where, where are you? Yeah, he's sitting over there. He knows the welcoming team leader. Did you, did you know, Opa? Have you imagined me being up here? No, you didn't. <laughs> I know you didn't. You know, that broken girl, you know, oh, nice to meet you. And I will just walk away, you know. And yeah, no one has, no one knew. Who would have imagined? You know, I didn't even imagine this. But 
Anyways, um, so worship time began. I was sitting over there, and then people, you know, stood up. But the atmosphere was a little different. It was less intense. So people will start singing songs. And it was my first experience of worship ever in my life. And then I saw a brother sitting right here, raising his hand. And I thought he had a question, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but nobody cared. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And then I saw another person raising his both hands. And I was like, confused, <laughs> you know? What's going on? But then later I learned that it was an act of worship, you know, whatever. You know, guys, when you worship, when you worship, when we gather together as sons of God, it reveals something about God. You guys need to know that. There's joy, there's freedom, there's glory, there's presence of God, and there's something that's not in the world, right? And I felt that that day. Uh, and I felt it, and, and I was confused, but <laughs> I eventually liked it, and that, it was the worship that actually brought me back to church again. Uh, two weeks after. But you are revealing the Father when you guys worship as sons of God. Amen? Yeah, so be extravagant in your worship. Like, keep doing what you're doing, church. It's beautiful. And, um, so I heard the gospel for the first time that Sunday, and I actually became a believer on my 19th birthday. It was May 14th. Praise the Lord! Oh, yeah. You know, I was a baby believer. I mean, talk about baby believer. I was like a premature newborn baby because I knew nothing about Christianity. I knew nothing about church. But I got saved and I became a believer and I needed lots of help and care. And, um, you know, like you telling a new believer, oh, go read your Bible and grow and mature. That's really unloving. You know that? It's like telling a newborn baby to like, give them like a seizures and go and cut your umbilical cord yourself and walk into the incubator and close the door and lie down. It's like you're telling them to do that. It's quite impossible. Okay. So what they need is people who can put them in the incubator because they don't even know their needs. Okay. So you need to carry them gently, put them in there and incubate them with love. And my Bible study group actually did that for me. Uh, Minson Honey, if you were listening, thank you, Honey. She's not at our church anymore, but Minson Honey and all my Bible study group, they really did that for me. And my friends were there for me. I had ridiculous questions and they were patient with me. All my Paiyuk sisters. That's lame. All my Paiyuk sisters. Woo! Yeah, they're my friends. <laughs> They've been sticking through, right? You guys, genuine love always reveals the Father. Because God is love. Genuine love always reveals the heart of the Father. Yeah. The sons reveal the Father. Amen? Oh, man. Like I said earlier, uh, I had bulimia for three years when I first came to church. And then I had it until like end of 2007, beginning of 2008. But um, because I had it for so long and it was pretty severe... Do you guys know what bulimia is? It's like one of the eating disorders. You just eat a lot, you binge, and then you throw up. Or you take laxatives, whatever, to kind of let it out because of fear of gaining weight. So I had that for so long that I was losing my voice, and I kind of hit the rock bottom. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't live like that anymore, basically. So I wanted to be delivered, but these demons were harassing, harassing me. I thought I was controlling my weight by eating and throwing up. But they were controlling my life. That was the truth. I lost the battle. They were controlling me. The lies were controlling me. And uh, self-hatred, I couldn't bear it anymore. All the physical pain, and my hand was jacked up. I was, it had a big, huge scar because of my teeth. 
because I kept on, you know, uh, checking my throat. So it was miserable. My life was going really to a not a good place. And one night, um, in the middle of sanctuary cleaning, uh, I sat down and I just randomly confessed it to Sister Erin. So back then, she wasn't Pastor Christian's wife. She was a girlfriend, okay? So the girlfriend back then, so I sat down with Erin, and I was just kind of like being honest with her. And she just spoke life over me, right? She just spoke truth over me, that I'm beautiful and all that. She counseled me with grace and love. She was patient with me. She spoke wisdom, and she prayed for me. It wasn't all that like crazy, get out, get out, exorcism prayer, nothing like that. She just prayed for me very calmly, no yelling, no shouting was going on. She just prayed for me with tears and love. And you guys wouldn't believe that was the last night of my bulimia life. It was over. It was over. And I never had temptation again. I never went back to the old ways. That was over, right? And love is power. You guys know that? And I know God is my deliverer because he delivered me from the bondage. But you know who revealed it to me? It was Pastor Erin. This one sister who was willing to listen to me. And she revealed the fact that, oh, God is my deliverer. You know? True sons, they reveal the father. Pastor Erin is a true son. Man, the same year. You guys are getting my life story right now. My, the same year, I received my calling for full-time ministry. Um, and I was like 23. And I wanted to uh, go in full-time ministry. And in 2008, uh, in my senior year, in undergraduate, I prayed very specifically. If you, if you want to listen to the detailed story, listen to my sermon on last Friday. Do you perceive it? It's on the New Philly page on Facebook. All right? I'll just throw it out there. I talked about it. Prayed very specifically, and God created an intern pastor position uh, for me by the end of the year. So I waited for 10 months, and I finally received the, uh, had the open door, right? So I applied, but I knew, I, I, and I knew it was for me, because uh, I prayed specifically, but I wasn't confident. Uh, my English wasn't that good. It was okay. And I had no title, no position, I wasn't even a leader of the church. And from like being a lay person, from nobody to being a pastor is a big jump, you know? So I wasn't confident. Uh, I had no leadership experience before, before that point. I just served faithfully where I could. Like, you know, like little things here and there, going on missions here and there. And I was faithful to my small group, you know, under my leader and things like that. And I had an interview with pa- Pastor Christian uh, after I applied. And I was scared. Christian could come up very scary. So I was very scared. And he said that, um, he said this. These are the things that I will never forget. He said, he seen me serving God faithfully in the hidden places. And he said he saw great heart in me and potential in me. And I got the position and I became an intern pastor. But and we went through a lot of drama together, you know, like me getting hurt by him, you know, me acting in orphan spirit, me kind of like getting angry at him and disappointed, whatever, putting like ridiculous expectations on him. We went through so much together, but for me to be here, it, it really took Pastor Christian's patience, patience and his faith. Um, 
he was really patient with me. Um, there are some like text messages and emails that I really just treasure in my spirit, in my heart. Uh, it's one of the text messages that I got after I messed up a big time. I forget what it was, but I messed up. And then I texted him like, I'm so sorry, I will never do it again, and blah, blah, blah. And then he texted back this, it's okay, I know you will rise up. We love you very much. We want to, we want the seas to grow. That's what he wrote me back. And I remember just bawling over my phone and like, cry, I cried for like two hours just because Pastor Christian believed in me and was not disappointed. He believed in me when I was still in a seed form. Even when I was showing little, very little sign of growth, even when I failed and messed up, I know, I knew that God was patient with me because Christian was showing it to me. I knew that God, I knew that God believed in me because someone was doing that for me. I knew Christian was believing in me, even when we didn't see it. So Pastor Christian and Erin really manifested the truth in my daily life, that God is my father, but it was revealed through them. God is patient with me, it was revealed through them. God believes in me, it was revealed through my leaders, right? True sons really reveal the true father, right? And ever since I entered the full-time ministry, uh, I've been living on financial support, which means I send out letters and then um, send out letters and a bunch of you guys who are sitting here, you guys support me financially, monthly, and that's been my income. And through you guys, I know that God is Jehovah Jireh, the Father who provides. It doesn't, the money that I get monthly, it doesn't drop from heaven. You know what I'm saying? It's not that like I'm walking on the street, I pick it up and oh, there's my income, my monthly salary. It's not like that. It's coming out of your pocket. You know, it's coming out of your accounts. You guys are showing me that God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You've been showing me that faithfully every single month. And I have, I never had a lack. You know, I have some supporters who also live on support. You know, they themselves live on support. They do like, uh, I can't say it, but they do ministry as well. But, you know, they support me monthly. And I had some supporters who, it was like anonymous support. It's, it's the time period where I was really struggling financially, right? And I had um anonymous giver. And then that person was giving it 400000 one a month. That's a lot of money, right? Like $400 a month for six-month commitment. And I was getting the money, but me and our admin, she made a mistake. And she uh, let me know who that person was, basically. And then I found out that that person was a college student who was living on tutor jobs, you know? For that person, that's a big chunk of money. But then that person was supporting me like that. And how can I not know that God is my provider? You know, when my body, when my sisters and brothers are showing me that kind of love. True sons reveal the true father. And thank you, all my supporters. Thank you, thank you. You're reaping what you've sown into my life right now. And, and the list goes on and on and on and on. I can talk about it for like two more hours, but I'm not going to do that. But brothers and sisters, you have to know, you reveal the father in your life to the people around you. And how are you revealing the Father and the love to the people surrounding you? And you can't help it. It's not that you have to struggle. You have to strive to show the Father. You can't help it because you are the sons. When you step into that sonship, it's 
it's it's in, inevitable. It just happens. And then you cannot stop it. You are the manifestation, a reflection of the Father. The world is crying out, show us the Father. Where is the Father? Where is his love? But you all need to say, we are here. Sons of God, we are here. We are here to show you the Father. Come check us out. Come check out my life. Here's the Father. Show, I will show you the Father. That's got to be our answer. Uh, I want everyone to close your eyes. And uh, someone on the keyboard. <laughs> Church, the world is crying out. Where is the Father? Show us the Father. Where is He? Where is His love? The world is crying out. I'm sure that you all know people that are broken, people who live in orphan spirits, people who are lost and confused and depressed. All they need is the perfect love of the Father. And they're saying, Show me the Father. Where is He? Show me the Father. And you know who have the answer? It's you guys. It's you. Who can show them the Father? Only the sons can. Only the sons can show the Father. Like Jesus revealed the Father God, only the sons of God can reveal the true Father to those people. And I want to tell you that it's you. It's you. You guys know that even in this room, you hold your neighbor's breakthrough. You have it in you. It might be your testimony. It could be your prayer. It could be maybe even your money. Your neighbor's breakthrough is in your hand. You guys know that? Are you willing to go and be the manifestation of that? Are you willing to go and tell them? Are you willing to go and shine that? You are the manifestation of God's love. I want us to close with prayer, um, but I want all the New Philly members to pray for our church. That when people come in, that they will see the Father through us. Through us worshiping, through us praying, through us responding to God's word, through us loving one another, supporting each other. Like you guys all heard my life story. I want this church to be filled with the people who see the Father through the body. Because the sons reveal the Father. I want us to pray for our community. And if you are visiting, I want you to pray for yourself. How can I reveal the Father? How can I do that? I want us to just pray for that right now. Why don't we all open up our mouth and just pray. Father, create this community. Make this community to reveal you and be the manifestation of your love. Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you that you live in us and we live in you. And God, there's oneness among us, God. And Lord, I just thank you that you want your church, God. You want your body to be the manifestation of the Father. And Father, the whole creation is longing and waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, oh God. And Lord, I declare that this is the hour when your people, Father God, enter into the sonship. And Father, when we rise up as the sons of God, Father, you are being revealed. And Father, I just pray right now that New Philly will be the community, that our church will be the place where people will come in broken and confused, God, and depressed, oh, Father, and suicidal, and they will see the Father revealed through us, oh, Father. And let us be those people, Lord. Let us be the manifestation of your love, God. And Lord God, I just thank you, Father, that you are doing that in us. And Father God, I just release the word right now that we do hold each other's breakthrough in us. It's already in us. We are all able to reveal Jehovah Jireh. We are all able to reveal the Jehovah Rapha, the healer. And God, we are all able to reveal Jehovah Shalom. And God, we just want to go out and reveal who you really are. So Father, stir up our spirit, oh Father God. We come against, oh Father, any apathy. We come against any indifference, oh God. But Lord, let us go and be the manifestation of the true Father. And God, establish us as the true sons. True sons that know who we are. True sons, God. And let us go reveal the true Father. True Father that abound in love and grace. True Father that abound in forgiveness, God. Who do not remember our sin. Who do not remember our, our filthiness. And God, let us go reveal that true Father to the world, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are doing that. We cherish this oneness in our hearts, God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.